Hey guys, it's Kyle here, one of the hosts of Dem Fancy Dinosaurs. I just wanted to leave this episode with a disclaimer. With it being Mental Health Week, we invited a guest speaker to discuss the issues of mental health. On today's episode, we ended up only using one microphone to record all three of us. It just ended up being a little easier during the recording process, but in doing so, we ended up with a lot of reverb and other things like that. So I apologize in advance. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Dim Fancy Dinosaurs is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and you're listening to Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, the podcast you'd like to listen to if you like movies, TV shows, and pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. And I'm Nick. I'm the other guy. And today is a very special episode. we got our special guest today, Zach Phillips. How you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We've never interviewed somebody before, so this is going to be very loose feeling, right? Yeah, this is, this is very new for us. All good. Yeah. Um, Zach is, how would you describe yourself, oh, your online presence actually? Online presence, um, in broad sense I'm giving it a shot at everything, but basically it's mental health advocacy, um, sort of motivation and self-improvement, just just helping people in the ways that I found help myself, Cool. in, in a general sense, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tie down, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, like some of your videos have actually helped me a little bit, the ones on meditation. Yep. You know what, meditation is really hard. It, it is, it's... it's it's, there's a misnomer that it's like clearing your mind, but it's actually about returning your focus yeah. back to something. And then you do it for a little while, or as you would know, your brain goes nuts. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm an insane person. And then you want to get <laughs> yeah. back to that focus, so I can fully relate. Yeah. So uh, I've been, over the last week, I've actually only just kind of started really giving meditation a go. And as soon as I wake up, uh, in the morning, whether it's uh, after work, I have a couple of hours sleep because I work nights, right? So I'll come home, have a bit of sleep, and then I'll wake up and do 10 minutes of meditation. I'll sit there, just focus on my breathing, in through the nose, out through the mouth kind of thing, and it just, your brain just everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a a mental spasm. Yeah. I think the key to realize is is there's no bad meditation. Mm -hmm. Every single time you remember that you should be focusing on your nose, Mm -hmm. that's the win. You actually celebrate that, as opposed to going, oh crap, allowed to swear, we're swearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, my brain's gone (laughs) gone off point. Every time you remember your nose or the breath, you're like, yes, I did the thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, not just focusing on the breath, but I try to keep proper posture when I'm sitting down and everything. And I'm not used to sitting like that. <laughs> also, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, my back. <laughs> you're focusing on the uncomfortable position rather than what you should be. <laughs> yeah. find, find a good chair, find a good posture. Mm. Like, you don't have to be doing the lotus. Probably not, but I'm giving like that a go. You want to go all uh, in? Uh, yeah, definitely. I want to... <laughs> You know, fix that posture of mine and everything else like that. Oh, God. And it is quite difficult just to sit there for ten, five, ten minutes at a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I really appreciate I've that. dabbled in meditation. I, I realize I get bored because there's nothing actually going through my brain. <laughs> like, I know That's it. Just, just below that feeling of boredom is chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fine line between chaos and boredom. Yes. <laughs> so how did you come about where you are now, like your way of thinking. So long story short, to give you a brief background, my my childhood was a bit traumatic. Father was drug addict, drug dealer, moved out of home at 15. Um, subsequent mental health issues and sort of just life issues, you know, they don't really, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher by trade and you know, one of the things I hate is that they don't teach you anything basically useful. 
You know, it's like, <laughs> how to live away from home, how to do all this sort of stuff, how to deal with your mental health. Over the time, I've been up and down, and one of the things that really helped me was writing therapy, or basically writing down what had happened to me in the past onto the page as a way to sort of get it out. Similar to what benefits you'll get from, say, a therapy session where the person's talking to you, but you have to develop a lot of trust with that person, they have to be very confident, there's a lot of issues, particularly for a young male, there's that whole issue with therapy and all that sort of stuff. I'm no different to that, I'm a massive advocate of it now, but back then it was a bit hard. Ended up writing down the story of my past and showed it to a friend, and they're like, you should share this with the world because other people are living through and have lived through this. And being that I am a teacher, it sort of seemed natural to go down the path of basically using what I've learnt to heal myself as a way to help other people. And, you know, when I am teaching or when I am doing, you know, sort of sports coaching and a bunch of other stuff I do, it's always just helping other people. And if I can sort of say, hey, here's some shortcuts, here's some resources, here's what works for me, it'll help other people. And then I can sort of yeah. put that not so great past to sort of take ownership of it and benefit people and benefit myself, benefit everyone. Give others a greater future. Yeah. Essentially. Well, just just help with with the shortcut. Like if you want to get fit, yeah. you wanna ask someone that is fit. And I think the same thing's true for mental health. A lot of a lot of books I've read are either written by people that are extremely successful, so they have no clue what it means to be suicidal or addicted or self harming or anything like that. So they can't really relate, or it's written by theorists or, you know, like sort of uni-level professionals. And that's great because they've got all the scientific data and theory and stuff, but they haven't lived it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so there's, there's this sort of middle lived experience thing that I'm trying to sort of hit. It's like, hey, I've felt that, I feel this, and I'm getting a lot of feedback of people saying, it's like, well, you're explaining things like it's in my head. And being that I'm a teacher, Basically, a teacher's job or a good teacher's job is to get a whole bunch of information, synthesize it, and put it out there in a way that anyone can understand. And, you know, reading a bunch of self-help books leads me to write my own one and the whole, that whole sort of process. And Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who would you say uh, is the target audience for you? Probably, like, males between sort of that sort of 20 to 25-year-old male. That being said, that, that's one sort of target because I'm passionate about men's mental health because yeah. it's just well, yeah, you, in a lot yeah. of aspects it's kind of atrocious yeah. how like, the, the leading cause of death for males is suicide for 18 to 45 year old men something <sighs> ridiculous you, and no one talks no one knows right yeah um, so that's a big thing another one would be people with a similar past to me so parents that are addicted um, and just just in general people struggling so like one in five people are currently dealing with depression or mental health related issues so you know like Anyone that finds value in what I'm what I'm doing, yeah. really, but I'm not really like targeting. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like with my like, I do a bit of writing and a bit of fiction. I'll I'll do specific targeting with sort of the more creative stuff, yeah. but with it's just sort of hey, what do you think? Yeah. So throw <laughs> a fistful of darts at the dartboard, and wherever they stick, that's who wants you. You'd be writing what you know. But yeah, it's, it's writing so, what you know, and you know about what a young man going through depression would be like with all these kinds of things that are happening. It's not really targeting, directly targeting at these uh, at people that like that, but it's just something you've written and then people will be attracted to it. But it would have still help anybody in any kind of 100%. Yeah. Fully, fully agree. It's mm-hmm. everyone 
everyone's living, you know, their life through their own eyes, but other people, you know, it's easy to look at other people and think they've got, got their shit sorted. Because <laughs> you see the, you see what you want to, like, you, I see of you what you're showing me. Exactly. On social media, it's even worse. Yeah. You're, like, you're presenting a worldview that is curated yes. and with filters and with angles and all of that sort of stuff. <coughs> but I'm living with all this crap going in the back of my mind and I look at you, you're on holiday, you've got a baby, you've got this, you've got that, you've got that, <laughs> and I'm sitting here depressed. I feel like everyone can sort of relate to those yeah. sort of feelings. Yeah, and I think social media has really given people, it's a way that people lie to others to make their lives look better and then 100%. in turn it makes oh, other like, people look and feel really bad about I'm not here mm. or I'm not here definitely mm. uh, I actually I, I completely agree with that but I love it for that fact as well like uh, it, it's like a picture book you put pictures in this picture book a family photo album you don't put stuff in there that you, you know that crap from like your father you know being drunk <laughs> on the couch or something you don't put this that stuff this was the worst day of my life <laughs> you know it's a family it's an album you, you're catering it so I'm going to be really interested in when our generation get older to 80 years old, we can then look back at all your older social media posts and stuff as a photo album kind of thing. It's, it's a really good thing for yeah. that kind of stuff. And because you're just tailing it for the better memories that you've had. That's good if you approach it that way, mm -hmm. but not everyone approaches it yeah. in such a way. And because there's, what gets me is, is the, the, what the social media websites decide to show you mm -hmm. so it's all run on algorithms and if you if you start liking what i'm doing you'll see all of my posts yeah. so you there's this absolute risk of getting into an echo chamber of whatever your worldview is definitely so like if you speak to anyone that's like a est like a feminist or a yeah. mm -hmm. vegan or anything that's like a specific sort of label yeah. they go down this you know men's right activist white supremacist or any 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 sort of est group <laughs> yeah any est any egan any egans any yeah. egans <laughs> <laughs> Then you just start seeing thing after thing after thing after thing after thing, and all of a sudden, it's very easy to think like the whole world is based around your one little issue. Mm -hmm. And if you can step back and look at it like a just a little casual photo yeah. album, <laughs> yeah. people people don't. I don't know if people are doing that though. Yeah. In practice, so there's too much laser focus. Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, you go. Oh, I was just going to ask. Uh, do you think people should be maybe taught differently, or maybe people should be kids should be taught how to use social media? In school and stuff like that, maybe? By who? I don't know. Like, like I mean, like, I, I, I grabbed a kid's phone because he was on it and I, like, swiped up, swiped his things off and he looked at me he's like, how do you know how to do that? As in, like, swipe, like, flick, <laughs> iPad flick away yeah. to close an app. And I looked at him like, what do you mean? And he's like, teachers, teachers don't know how to do that. I'm like, are you, are you serious? Like, you know, like, how you old tab and, like, you know, pull yeah. up that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's not, like, the... the who, who's who's going to teach kids how to use it? And also, who's got the data to know what the correct way to use social media is? Yes. You know, like, it's, it's, it's so new. It's the newest yeah, way. Yeah, I, I guess it's one thing to want to teach a, a certain thing, but then what to teach? And, yeah. and who's in charge of that? It's like when you put someone in charge of something, who's the one and, and what <laughs> benchmark are you using? Yeah, but they, they always do it all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of course. Of course. They, they always, I think yeah. it might, might come back to just teaching the kid self-respect, self-efficacy and yeah. ethics. Yeah. And then you can choose to use the tool how, you know, because yes. the next tool will come along and how yeah. do you teach them that, that thing? And definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it would come down to all that kind of stuff. All about and stuff. Parenting. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. How do you know how to parent? 
I guess you learn by doing, right? Like you've oh, just had a child two years. Two ago. years, yeah. You you read the books. You ask the parents that you see doing a great job, and you also ask the parents you see doing a poor job. <laughs> and you you I like to look at it from a business perspective. I I did business at uni. Yep. And you you benchmark in world's best practice. <laughs> <laughs> What's working well? Okay, if that's working well for five different parents. It's probably yeah probably all right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If the if you see a bunch of things that are happening that aren't looking so great, probably not so great. Mm-hmm. So just do your market research. Just do your market research. Yeah. <laughs> Get on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's just one of those really hard things because all these different parenting styles and whatnot. Just ten things might work for ten people, but that the one person after that might not work for. It's just very difficult for new Come. parents. I think it's just coming at things with an open mind yeah, and being like, well, what's actually happening in my real world and adjusting for that and being open to considering you're wrong, to getting experts' opinions and all that sort of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we have a, um, my my wife and I, we have this idea that if you're helping, you're hurting and in the sense of, let me explain before. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I'll just leave it hanging down. Um, Once I've seen my son climb up onto the couch, he no longer needs my help to get onto the couch. Yes. Right? So if, if he's sitting there and he's like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, no, you can, you can get on there. And like, he, he understands my words. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh, and I'm like, no, get up. And he's like, all right. And he hops up himself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I was to pick him up, I'm now not, not giving him the skills, the self-efficacy, the, like the physical strength. Yeah. Once he can yeah. tie his shoes, he's tying his shoes forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if I actually am help him to tie his <coughs> shoes once he knows how, mm-hmm. yeah, is that helping him really? Probably no, not. No. So it's teach a man to fish, essentially. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I heard somebody describe it like this the other day. I was watching. I can't remember which YouTuber what it was. He said there's a difference between a good parent and a responsible parent. A good parent will do things for their kids and whatnot. Blah blah blah. Make sure they're happy all the time. Where a responsible parent will do the responsible thing to make sure their kids aren't happy all the time kind of thing. Like, no, you're not always going to be yeah. happy in life. Yeah, you're not. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Mm. We need ups and downs in life, I oh, think. Definitely. Especially this, kids. this is the real world, not... It's <laughs> like, it goes back to that thing of schools going down the path of there are no winners and no losers in games. I understand <laughs> that because as soon as you leave that school, you do anything and you lose and you lose hard. Mm-hmm. You've got no ability, your mental health drops because it's like, oh, I can lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like, yeah. imagine you know, you're, you're, you're an adult and you start a business venture and you've always <coughs> been successful in school. You've always done all that sort of stuff and then you lose. <laughs> oh, crash would be intense. Yeah. Right. I, um, I went through school life getting competitor medals throughout everything. Competitors yeah. and like, it wasn't the same. There was first, second, and third. Yes. You know, so I learned that I was very average in a lot of things. And that's okay. Like, I didn't want to be the best at everything. But I gave everything a shot. Yes. If everyone has... If the person who comes first gets the same prize as the person who comes last... What's the point? The person who comes last realises he doesn't have to work as hard as the guy who came first. Yeah. <laughs> it's the communism of competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's communism of competition. Oh, bloody easy. It, it kills, like, actual people who could be skillful and stuff and actually... Uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. I lost it. I had it's, it's okay. You're going to get a competitor medal just for trying. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, fantastic. All right. 
You did your best. <laughs> you did your best. You tried. It's not as good as other people. Look. Uh, so you just released a, is it your second book? Third. 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 Well, yeah, I didn't, um, the second book I just sort of put it out, I didn't really sort of share because it was like, here's some sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, a fiction piece, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, little, little sci-fi dystopic future about humans integrating with machines and sort of splitting off into the people who choose to and the people who choose to stay natural. And Ooh. sort of investigating that. I'll send. I'll send you a link. That's called upgrade, and you know, people that choose to upgrade. Actually, that's really cool. I, yeah. I'm happy with it. Like I wrote it as an anthology because my I, I know my myself as a writer. I'm not good at character development, mm. right? So I, I I've all these ideas, and then I'm like, well, I could wait until I'm good at writing characters, or I can just get the story out and present it differently. Yeah, if that makes sense. So yeah. in this this approach, I'm going down the path of a few short stories in the same universe yep. and just approaching it from different angles and given the sci-fi dystopic nature, the lack of characters actually works with the theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, a lot so, of robotic yeah. kind of characters or lack of emotion. <laughs> lack of emotional. Well, there is emotion. Like it's, it's more going into a, the more you upgrade, the more sort of, I went down the path of uploading your consciousness to a cloud and sort of replacing your bodies and then you've got this collective memory and then it goes down to sort of collective consciousness thing and then everyone sort of how how does that sort of in, how does that sort of play down that path. So So when's the Netflix deal? <laughs> Look, it's a long way off I'm gonna imagine, but yeah. I do get the medal for turning up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Netflix gives everyone a competitive medal these days. Like you see the amount of oh, richness comes. Sounds trash. a little bit like a, have you ever played a game uh sex? I've heard of it, I haven't played yeah. it. it. Oh, it's a little bit like that, if mm. you know anything. Uh, Deusex, uh, um, what's it called? Deusex, Human Revolution, or Mankind Divided, I think it is. There's two of them. Oh, yeah. And in the game itself, you know, you've you got these people that are upgrading themselves in technology, um, getting faster, stronger, smarter, mm. more accurate, all that kind of stuff. And then you have these people who stay natural. There's this massive <laughs> riots between them. So it just sounds a little, it just reminded me of that game and it was just a very fascinating game to see how the developers went down that path of how, oh, people need to be natural, blah, blah, this, well, no, you can be natural, you can upgrade yourself to this kind of thing. That's exactly the approach. Like I wrote it as a dystopic future and I shared it with my wife because she's like the editor and sort of, they say to write to one person and sort of like... She, she's my moral compass. She's like, you know, you should probably pull that back a bit. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> but she's like, oh, but it's sort of utopic in a way because that does sound great to get, you know, perfect health, curing diseases, you know, all that other stuff. All that other stuff. So it's like it, one person's utopia is another dystopia. Yeah. You know, and you look at that in modern society, some people love the social media, some people are not like we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that sounds great. So what was that called? That was called Upgrade. 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 Yes. Yeah, that does sound And that's, cool. you've got everything available on Amazon, right? Yeah, um, paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Mm. for everything. I also um, believe that everything should be free. So over time, I'm releasing everything I ever do, chapter by chapter, just... Free of charge? Free of charge. And the idea is that if people want to support it, you know, we're in a thank you economy now. Yeah. You can buy the book as a thank you and if you want to own it yeah because you still might want to have it all at yeah. once but it's a bit awkward and annoying to yeah go back and look but it's there you know yeah mm-hmm. or you can you know kick back on patreon or some other sort of 
way to support. That's a good idea. But like the idea that. is that just... I like that term, thank you economy. So yeah, yeah that's really good. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. He's a social media awesome person. Oh. <laughs> um, entrepreneur and he talk, always talks about this idea of just give, 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 and then ask. Yeah. So basically, that's what I'm doing with everything. Give, 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 ask. And the other thing is with the stuff that we're leading to, my third book, it's a self-help book. When I needed this book at most, I was like, you know, 15 to 20 living off Centrelink and charity, like literally. I can tell you some stories about that if you like, but I didn't have the money to spend, you know, the book's like 25 US, right? Yeah. That's a lot of money for someone living day to day. And there's also a lot of trust. Like if, if you think about like a book, you have to give the person money before you get the thing. Yeah. Like in one other, there's no like you know, there's not really another context that we really do that. If that yeah. makes sense, like you go to a and clothes, you try it on, you see how you fit, blah blah blah. It's not like I'll pay the money and then I'll see. Yeah, you know, yeah, try the book. Yeah, so it's sort of like I'm sort of just trying that approach as well as a way to build up the following because <coughs> every anyone can write a book, but if you're a no one and no one cares, it's like, yeah. oh look, I've got a book that you know my two <laughs> friends bought. Yeah. So and that's uh, that one's titled "Get Your Shit Together." How to get your how shit to get your shit together? That's it. Yeah. yeah. So when did that get released? Just recently, yeah. Just recently, mm. um, and I've put out one chapter. I'm in the process of releasing the second chapter, but this book is mm-hmm. it, it's fucking huge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I like it was originally going to be like this pocket book, but then I decided. Well, I looked at other self help books, and I realised they were very motivational but very impractical. There's no no real advice of what to do. You read it. Yeah. This is most. There are a few that are separate yeah. to this, but most are like, hey, we're going to pump you up. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do stuff. And then you sort of, there's this no follow-up. What do you do when your motivation drops? How do I get my shit together for lack of a better yeah. expression? Okay. So I've sort of, once again, the teacher thing synthesized from a whole bunch of different sources. And broken funneled it, it down. Funneled it down into a f- six different parts. And each part has maybe six to ten chapters. Thematic. Each chapter is like a blog post, so it's all individually read. And yeah, basically helping people overcoming anxiety, defeating depression, moving on from trauma, getting organized, finding meaning, and following their dreams. And the idea is that let's say you've struggled with mental health concerns, anxiety, depression, right? If you read a book on anxiety and depression, you're like, well, that's great, I no longer feel anxious and depressed, but where am I going with this? How do I get the skills to make my life function? Yeah. Right. Or if you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to do you know this podcast. You're now following your dreams, right? But what about the anxiety of like, are people listening? Is the sound fine? You know, yeah. oh, people are judging me. People are hearing. But how do you deal with all that? Mm-hmm. And so I want to sort of fill that gap as well. Of you might have a mental illness, but you also might have massive dreams that you want to do. Yeah. I.e., I'm writing to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> so the per- yeah, my target audience is me, ten. 15, five years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, that's a good one. And that's fine, like, because that's like a perfect target audience, I guess. It might be 0.5% of the population, but 0.5% of it's the US is what? 500 million. Five, 1% no, is... 5 million? Like a few million? No, there's 500 million is in America, so... Well, I'm not good at quick maths, but it's a lot of people, right? Yeah, that's... <laughs> you know, you, hey, so, so the way I see it, maybe if we just help that one kid out. 100%, just, just, just helping helping people. and And... Beyond all of that, it's like, I'll look back over it and go, what? you know, like I'll be rereading it myself and I'll be like, oh, that's right. Because, you know, you forget all of the different things that have helped you. Like you might find meditation helps mm-hmm. and then you sort of might stop it for a while and then you'll remember. Yeah. It's like that with a yeah. whole range of different things. <laughs>
right? Yeah. I was interested that you, at uh, the start of what you were just saying, I was going to ask about what separates your book from the other get your shit together books on Amazon. I saw like 10 of them. Yeah, I was looking looking for it. (laughs) I was going to ask what actually separates yours to theirs. I think the the lived experience, the Mm. sort of um, holistic approach to looking at things, both, you know, mental health and also following your dreams. And also like the, I've got a chapter in there called Get Organized and it's, it's like the boring section. Yeah. But what I realized growing up with, for lack of a better expression, without a father figure or with, you know, not like non-close parents, or at least my father was very distant. Then I moved out. Yeah. There's a lot of skills that I just didn't get taught. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do I shave? How do I dress well? How do I, you know, how do you budget? How do you do all of these things that if you grew up in a quote unquote regular household with parents that cared and you didn't have to deal with all that other crap, there'll be all of this learning that you would just have. You know, yeah. like, how much food are you supposed to eat every day? Yeah. Like, like actually, do you, do you know? Like, yeah, exactly. You just, do I just eat until I'm hungry? <laughs> do I eat as much as possible? Because I'm not sure if I'm going to get food next day. Like, it, it sounds pretty, pretty dire and it sort of, you know, is in a way, but there are answers to those questions that it's sort of like you don't, you're not immediately aware of the, the, the gaps in your own knowledge. Yeah. Does that, does that sort of, sort yeah. of make sense? Yeah. And I wouldn't actually necessarily, I, I've been thinking about that as well lately. And I wouldn't actually say that it's gaps in knowledge. I would say that, because to learn a habit, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, you learn a, you learn a habit. So you learn bad things. You really do. So when you're younger, you don't have a father figure to do those things like learning how to shave or whatever, dress yourself. You'll learn the wrong way of doing particular things. That's the way I, I've been looking at it lately. And so you yeah. not only have to learn how to, you know, budget and do things like that, but you also have to forget about how to do it wrong yes. as well. And it's actually really hard. 100%. Yeah. Like, and there's so much, like, my father's house was like, have you seen Hoarders, the TV show Hoarders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was his house, right? Like, I, I'll send you a link to uh, the Hoarders <laughs> chapter, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a disgusting, smelly thrift shop of mess just piled everywhere all this sort of stuff right so my innate feelings about how a house should be we're like well you just put shit everywhere and you don't clean up and like you know, and there's like hang on no that's disgusting yeah <laughs> you know yeah. you gotta pull that back unlearn that habit yeah. and then replace it with a new better habit. yeah and it's a friend of mine said to me he's like you know if you want to clean house you need to clean forever yeah yeah that's true forever cleaning is an ongoing <laughs> like, like, like you can never stop Mm-hmm. but for some people it's a lot easier as a thing for other people it's yeah. it's like a whole like you've got to force that until it becomes yep. ingrained mm-hmm. it's like exercise like diet like anything you've yep. got to unless you've been modelled it from like infancy <laughs> <laughs> well it can get frustrating because like as you said you've got to clean forever and like there'll be times where I'll like clean the sink out get all that done turn around to the fridge turn back and the sink's just full of shit again Yes. <laughs> and you're like how did this even happen yes. there's bits everywhere and you don't know how it got there mm. and then you think okay I clean and then you do it again and it may be a cycle but you can make it fun <laughs> <laughs> see, see the thing the, talking about this what, what bothers me is people that don't have an issue with this sort of stuff would hear this and be like just fucking clean like there's this this is part of the stigma of trauma and mental health mm-hmm. you know like people that don't have any issue with that they're just clean by default or yeah. you know whatever that factor is it'd be like you just do it though yeah. mm-hmm. 
it's not as simple as just doing things a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it's just just quit smoking, just just eat healthy, just, just exercise. Stop just having cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine telling someone that. Well, you, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's a little bit different. <laughs> but it's the same. It should be treated as any other. Well, 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 you could say, hey, you know, you, I, I, I have sympathy with people with mental health conditions, obviously. Yeah. But they should be taking steps to get treated if they're struggling. That's yes. the way I see it. Yeah, exactly. Well. Because so many people, and this is the other issue, like people go, oh, they're, they're attention seeking, they're this and they're that and all that sort of stuff. Like if someone's like talking about suicide, believe them and get them help. Yeah. Or at least, you know, take some steps. But <coughs> if the person's got an issue and they're not taking steps, it, there is a, I, I struggle with, with, with managing or helping that sort of person because yeah. it's, or I suppose having as much empathy for someone else that is taking the steps and still equally struggling. It's like, you can't choose how much depression you have, but you can choose that the day that you wake up, if you have the energy to shower or not shower, yeah. you're going to have to force yourself to shower if you can. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, It sounds a bit harsh, but yeah. there are things you can do regardless of your situation and you can take actions. You can speak to a therapist. You can, you know, you might, like I had an experience on, antidepressants and it kept me alive but I hated it yeah oh. but I I, I, did, I did it to get myself alive you know what I mean like yeah, yeah I was actually uh, diagnosed with uh, bipolar yeah one point I strongly believe that I was a misdiagnosis though so I was on lithium and a few other yeah. different things and they just they messed with me so much right yeah and I've just gone I went to see another doctor yeah he's gone let's take you off of them good so I got off of them and then he's just like, just go to a therapist and see how you go with that. Went to a therapist, way better. Hundred uh, percent. The the other approach, the other issue I have with psychiatrists is a lot of the time they'll be like, oh, I'll speak to you for thirty minutes. Have this medication; it's going to alter yeah. your brain. And that's, it's like, are you, are you fucking serious? That's literally what happened. Yeah, when I went to same. Like, <laughs> went in there, half an hour talking. He's like, oh, you've got bipolar. Wrote up a script for lithium. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then you don't know. Like, no yeah. one knows. You're like, oh, okay, doctor, person, I am struggling, I suppose. Like, and you do have a certification on the wall, so I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. And then I did a little bit of... I started taking them, and they were really making me, like, not feel too well. So I did a bit of research on them and found out if your body becomes accustomed to lithium, you then have to pretty much stay on that drug for the rest of your life. Yep. Or it will mess you up even more. Mm. So I've just gone, no, nah, I need to... Talk to another doctor, see about getting off this medication because I don't believe I'm bipolar. I don't yes. think that I need that treatment. See, like mm. bipolar, like like mental health is, is it's not like a broken leg. You yeah, know, you you present with X Y Z treatment, yeah, uh, symptoms, and then you might present with you know W X Y, you yeah. know, and now you've got do you have the same diagnosis? Do you yeah. have different diagnoses? It depends on the doctor and like. I wasn't sure if I had ADHD. I spoke to someone and he said, well, if you see this psychiatrist, he will diagnose you with ADHD and you will get the medication. If you see this other one, he'll do more of a talking therapy with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can you send me to a psychologist that'll just sort of not have a bias, please? And, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I interesting. I don't want to be like, yeah. hey, I've got this, give me the medicine for this thing I think I have. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> a little messed up the way that they just throw these drugs at people. And the, the thing is that lithium is a fantastic drug for when you have like 
bipolar. 100%. Yeah. It is actually really good. It fixes a lot of issues when you have bipolar. But if you, don't. if you don't have it, it can mess you up. Yes. Same with ADHD misdiagnosis. Yeah. Like if you're taking Prozac, yeah. you don't have ADHD. That's the hardest thing. About ADHD medication is effectively speed, I think. Yeah. Right? So it's like if you take it and it calms you down, you have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> so if you take it and it does speed things, <laughs> whatever speed does, turns you into Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have it. But it's like bunch of people have messaged me online being like hey medications worked for me fully if i try to come off it you know therapy hasn't helped yeah it's literally chemical Your, their life is thick with it great no trauma no issues no nothing other than the fact their brains chemicals are doing stuff yeah. they take the antidepressants they take the lithium they take cerebral whatever they've actually works mm-hmm. it's great it's just it's that i think it's that communication with your yeah. therapist and if you if you if it seems like it's like hang on after 30 minutes you're giving me a medication that will be much my life <laughs> Let's just get a second opinion. Yep. Let's, just slow down. Let's get some therapy as the first option. But back to what we're saying, do something. Yes, yeah. that makes sense. I completely agree with that. Mm. Like, you have to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got a couple of questions from some of our listeners who'd yeah. like to ask you. Sure. Okay. Uh, who, do, who, who should we start with? Abby? I'll start with the top. Uh, All names have been changed just to respect people's privacy. I'll start at the bottom. <laughs> we start at the bottom and now we're here. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, when you're not feeling great, what films help bring you up your mood? I don't like that question for a couple yeah. of reasons. <laughs> That's right. um, one, well, the main reason is is that I don't like the approach of I'm going to to watch a thing to up my mood. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. like it's it's. I mean, I suppose the direct answer is whatever I feel like watching at the time. Yeah. Right? There's no sort of like, oh, I've got the happy movie, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's despicable me, you know. <laughs> um, it's more that <clears throat> there'll be other self-care things that I do. Exercise, meditate, have a bath, see a therapist, or just go, well, I'm not feeling great. The, the, my, my past self would be like, I need to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Whereas yeah. now I'm sort of going, well, I, have to I can this. I can accept this, like you said before, like with the kids, you can't always be happy. No. If I'm if I'm if I'm down, it depends on the type of down. Am I suicidally self harming, into a bottle depressed, or am I like oh, I'm a bit flat today, because it's a distinctly different response. Yes. If I'm just a bit flat, I might you know see or see a friend or family member. I might do some sort of socialising or exercise or some of those things. No. If I'm down the other path. It's like crisis time, lifeline. Lifeline, that's, yeah, that's, that's that sort of approach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no direct movie. What about you? Me? Yeah. Mm. Inception. Inception, that makes you. If I'm ever yeah. feeling down, I want something that just I can escape from reality. Um, and as you know, I'm a big Inception advocate. Yeah, you are. You love that movie. I love that movie yeah. so much. What, what about it? I love it too. But I don't know why I love it. Is it- about the dreams that go in dreams and other people's dreams. Yeah, dreams. I mean, you just gave the plot to the movie. So what thanks. <laughs> We've talked about that like a million times. Yeah. It came out like how it's many just, years ago? I just love the fact that the first two acts take up the first half of the film and then the whole mm-hmm. last part is encompassed within this, this what scene should be like a 10-minute yeah. drive in one car compared to a 30-minute fight in a hallway yeah. that boils down to a... a 
four-hour mission in the snow, snow. Yep. <laughs> which boils down to an infinite time in the bottom. I have a problem with that movie. I don't know the name. Like, I love it. But I don't know the name of the, the, the old guy in the infinity thing. The Asian dude. He knew that it was all a dream, right, didn't he? Yeah. So why didn't he just shoot himself? No, no, he didn't know it was a dream. Didn't he? No. No, 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 but then he's like, he's like, one day you'll come back and I'll see you and you'll do something. Remember what they said, if you die while we're this day, you didn't die in reality. But then how did he get him out? He shot him. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, he said when he this deep, because remember how he was um, dying and they like, we need to take him to the next dream level to keep him alive? Yeah. Oh no, they just fall to, that's right, they just fall to, they don't die in reality, they fall to limbo. Yes, yeah. that's what it was. How, how do you get him out of limbo? He shot him. Exactly. So why didn't he shoot himself? Yeah. Because they couldn't remember. They were literally in limbo for so long that they just could not remember. When he, when he first really? landed there. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, wait wait a while. Oh, right yeah. Near the, <laughs> like, <laughs> he built an entire empire. Which Doesn't really. Like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> maybe because maybe he was... I don't know. That, that's a good question. They didn't even know who they were, really. And who's he with? There's all these people there with yeah. him, wasn't there? Like, yeah. who are they? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's he was he's old by then. Because he, he remember how Leo was creating all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He could create people after a while. Yeah. 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 I, I assume so. I guess they, because Leo and, I don't know, crazy big eyes wanted a life for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Marianne Coulter, I think that's her name. <laughs> and uh, Wifey. Yeah, Wifey. The one who plays Leo's wife and someone's wife in a lot of films. Um... Yeah, they wanted a life just between them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just think it's like... Juno was in that movie, wasn't she? Yeah. Whatever Ellen <laughs> Page. Ellen Page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just think... just, I just think the choreography... I think Christopher Nolan hit a home run. Everyone it's a beautiful goes, movie. Everyone it's, says that The Dark Knight Rises was... Oh, uh, The Dark Knight. Not The Dark Knight Rises. That was complete garbage. Uh, <laughs> but everyone says that The Dark Knight was his like greatest film. I disagree. Upon rewatching. Mm. I'm like, mmm, it's, it's a bit clunky, like, it's not, it's, it's great, it's, it's an amazing yeah, movie, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know, I'm, I do martial arts, and since, <clears throat> what, when I first watched The Dark Knight, I hadn't done much, <laughs> now I watch it now, and he's like, and the guy's like, <laughs> and do something, it's like he's telegraphing from a mile, anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's yours, Kyle? Oh, see, now I'm going to feel like I have to choose a movie. I don't really, I don't particularly have one either. Yeah? Like, I'm kind of in Zach's boat here. I don't watch movies to... Lift your mood? Yeah, lift my mood or anything like that. I watch movies when I'm in a mood. So if I'm in a happy mood, I'll watch a happy movie. If I'm in a kind of sour mood, I'll watch a sour movie. If Kind of things like that. So if you're depressed, what's your depressed movie that sort of correlates with your... Resonates with your emotions? There are a few of them, actually, aren't there? There's quite... Airbud. Airbud. Soccer dog. <laughs> That'll be like an Oscar movie or something. <laughs> Not this year. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's quite a few animes that are amazing. When you watch those, you, you get that. The time when you you watch Grave of the Fireflies. Oh. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. I'm just trying to think. I think it's uh, a movie, Millennium Actress. Right. It's a fairly old Japanese movie that's that's pretty decent. It's about this um, famous Japanese actor who... It, 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 she's been interviewed as an old woman and 
she's been asked all these questions and then she's running through her life when she first started acting and whatnot and she fell in love with this man and she couldn't find him again right she she they lost contact or whatever and then throughout her entire career she was just trying to find him again and then hopefully one day she'll find him and then I found out that he actually died a couple of months after that they after they met so that's why she could never reach him <laughs> kind of thing it's just like this bittersweet depressing movie that I like to watch but I'm kind of like down yeah. that's awesome so mm-hmm. who, who asked that question by the way uh, Abby Abby thanks Abby yep thank you very much um next one next oh. one you go okay you choose alrighty so uh, how do you deal with anxiety that only occurs like onset anxiety so you're fine until you get out and then halfway through say being at Southland or Chadston Halfway through, bang, it comes on. So I'm aware that there's a possibility of that happening in certain situations with myself. Yep. So and that'll be obviously different for the person asking and everyone else. So I'm aware that there might be a higher risk in certain places. So that means I would have potentially a, not like a, like I'm planning this out, but like an, like an exit strategy in a sense. So if something does come up, mm-hmm. I take the action that I know I can take. And that could be like if you're at a party, like you're finding a room and just like listening in headphones or listening to like a song. Um, time, um, you know, the Hans, Hans Zimmer time for oh, yeah, yeah. that's a great one because yeah. it just takes on the journey. It's only three, four minutes and yeah. then you're back, people don't even know you're gone. Yeah. For example. Um, so it's more just like preemptive planning, but obviously stuff still does happen. Yeah. If, if I have a panic, like there's general anxiety and then there's a panic attack response. Yeah. So, they're both similar, but like the panic attacks more, you have to just accept it's going to happen. As in, like a panic attack, basically, it feels like you're dying, your heart rate increases, you sort of get all these intrusive thoughts, what if this happens, what if that happens, and it's just going to be very overwhelming, particularly the first time you're having it. Yeah. Some people think it's like a heart attack. Not, not fun, doesn't happen much, but yeah. it happens a lot to some people. You have to acknowledge and accept it. If you don't acknowledge and accept it, you go, what the fuck is happening? Ah, you actually make it worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> that makes sense. Of course, um, something that people don't seem to give anywhere near enough appreciation to is just slow, calm breaths. It's the most cliche bullshit advice <laughs> that you would ever sort of hear, but no one tries it, but it works. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, no, no, I, I do that as well because yeah. it, it cools your entire body down. Like, I've tested this stuff out, right? Like, mm. go on the trail, like go to the gym and you have those things where that shows yeah. your heart rate and stuff. You can test that kind of stuff. You'll be riding on the treadmill, test your heart rate, and then like heart rate's massive. And then as soon as you start controlling your breathing and take a deep breath, your heart rate, you go on the same speed, your heart rate will just drop. 100% instantly. Well, let's have these marathon so, yeah. runners can, can maintain pretty relatively decent heart rate while in a marathon. So yeah, breathing is just... It's, it's physiological. It's <laughs> I find good posture... Like, if basically, if your body doesn't know what you're doing, like, your brain doesn't know what you're doing, right? It takes reads off your body. Yeah. So if you're sitting there all hunched up, all freaking out, your body goes, oh, shit, there's danger. Yeah. If you sit back, sit up, smile, breathe in deeply, your body, your brain's going, well, he's breathing slowly and calmly. He's standing with good posture. He's smiling, right? And there's, there's science to back this up. Yeah. Not that I know the references, but... <laughs> <laughs> science! <laughs> it's all around us. <laughs> But it's, it's your brain triggers your body and your body triggers your brain. So yeah. if you do the opposite of the typical anxiety thing, that helps. Oh, yeah. and, and I suppose the final thing is 
present state awareness is just basically what can I feel, see, touch, taste, and smell right now? And the best default one I, I feel is feeling. So like, what can you feel with your feet right now? And if you just focus on that present moment of what I'm feeling in my body, you're not thinking of anything else. You're not thinking of the ruminations. This is what's actually happening in the moment right now. Oh, that's good. I like, like that. Yeah, it's, it's like you're not anxious anymore. Yeah. You're focusing on the feeling yeah. or the taste or you're cycling through and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, definitely. It's like that one as well. Trying to be more in the moment. Yeah. 100%. Like, like anxiety is just you're pulling your brain. Yeah. Like, think of this, think of this, think of this. Yeah, in the moment. Definitely. Because, like, because I've actually, um, I've been reading, oh, I think it's the, uh, the Tripitaka, the, um, the Buddhist Bible thing lately. Yeah. It's the Tripitaka, the pale, the, the paley, the paley can- canon, I think that's, it's called. Um, I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm also um, as long as there's no follow-up questions. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no. <laughs> uh, my point is that I've been reading it and I've come up to a few things like that. Like try to actually get yourself into the moment because mm. the Buddha has a lot of good words actually. <laughs> he does. He's a smart yeah, man. <laughs> they're a very smart man. And, uh, you know, forget your past, you know, and, you know, don't think about the future because if you think about those two things, you're going to miss the present. Yeah. That's yeah. generally what happens. So if you have a panic attack and you're thinking about something in the future or you're thinking about something in the past, like, oh, what did I say to this person? <laughs> your brain's gone off or thinking about something mm. in the future, I'm not going to get this job, blah, blah, blah. You, you're missing that moment that you're in right now that you could be doing anything. Yes. <laughs> oh. stuff. That, that's my biggest fear with, with my son is, is that I'll be lost in my brain either of the past or of the anxiety of the future. Yeah. And then he's growing up, he's fucking two. Like, <laughs> like I turned around and he was two. Like, he's almost <laughs> speaking to me. He's like, he's coming up, he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what's this? And he's like, shit. Oh. When the fuck did, you know, like, it just, it's like, it, yeah. And you just, there's this risk of just not being present in life. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking of all this other crap. And yeah. then you turn around and you're old. Yeah. On the deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Reminiscing about shows from the past. <laughs> yeah, I know. Reminiscing about shows when I'm like 80 or 90, then I'll reminisce. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, next question. Okay. Um... I'll go up, actually. I'll go uh, Jason's yeah. one. Okay, who, who was that from? Who was that question from? Oh, that was from... Fuck. I keep on closing my phone. That was from Jesse. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Cool. Uh, this next one's from Jason. Best ways to clear negative thoughts to get on with the day? Once again, I think it's a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't... It's like, okay. If I say carrot, yeah. right? Stop thinking of a carrot. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Just stop. It. I'm gonna give you a million dollars. Don't think of that carrot. Well, I'm a rich man. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't. It's like it's like yeah. the analogy um, my psych said to me was a lot of young men worry about being gay because they think it's bad, but because like they'll have an image of a penis, and then they're like, oh, that must be gay, and then they focus on that image, and then it keeps coming up because they're focusing on it because they're worried about being gay, right? Fuck, now I'm thinking about a penis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it makes sense. You know, we all have one. We, we go to the toilet. Like, we see our own. You know, yeah. like, it, it's not an yeah. unusual thought to have. Yeah. But because you're focusing hard on it... <laughs> <laughs> now, all I can picture is an erect penis. Yes. <laughs> Look what we've done. Um, now, everyone in the audience also is focusing on an erect penis. <laughs> Which is okay. Try and not think of it. 
but, but you see the point, right? You can't not... If, if that thought bothered you, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to ruminate you because why am I having the thought? Now I'm thinking about it more. Now I'm focusing on it. Does that mean that, you know? And then yeah. if you've got all this societal stigma about it and you're worried about being gay, you mean, all this sort of stuff drives people insane. So if you've got, you know, <laughs> negative thoughts in some capacity and you're trying actively to not think about it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing like, I'm sure there's a Buddha quote on it. It's like Probably, if, you, yeah. if you focus on it, it's, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Alternatively, what you would do, say, for example, in a meditation would be, what's your, what's your focus on meditation? Like you said, the, the feeling of the yeah. breath. Now, those thoughts of negative thoughts, carrots, penis, whatever, are floating around <laughs> up here, <laughs> and you just let them float in your peripheral awareness, and then you bring your attention back to the breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're there. It's like, I heard the rustling of the trees, or you know, you're, you flicked your hair just then. That's all fine. I'm noticing that it exists in my peripheral awareness, but my focus is going to keep coming back to my breath. And from that place of presentness, I'll let it'll, you'll just let them pass, just let it sort of drift away yeah. as opposed to, no, I won't think. Just, okay. You can't do it. Yeah. Like that. That's, so that's in my experience at least. Like, would that be the same for like, yeah, proper mm. negative thoughts, like suicidal thoughts and things like that? Would you do the same with that? Kind of Once again, it depends on the level. Like, yeah. if, 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 I find if you can catch things early, mm-hmm. they're a lot less powerful. Yeah. Right? So like, if you say, like, you just bring up the concept of suicidal thoughts, right? Yeah. That does trigger a yeah. memories, emotions, feelings in me, right? But if I focus down that path, then I'm, like, right down here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why there's a massive issue with, um, like, drug use and suicide, right? Some drugs hyper-focus you. And if you, you know, like, the concept of a bad trip. Yeah. It's basically you're hyper-focused on one area. And if, that, if your brain turns bad, yeah. you're now down this path, right? Yeah. Dark path. So, <laughs> yeah, the dark path. Whereas if you can just sort of come back to a point of focus, a point of safety, like the present state of awareness, focusing on your feet mm-hmm. or the meditation on your nose or watching a show or just any, anything else that you're just, this is where my focus is and just let it sort of run its course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's not that bad as in if you can manage it, it might be a good idea to have a little look at it. Yeah. You're sitting in a place of safety, but you're like, hey, why am I, am I thinking this? What is causing these feelings to come up? And there's probably a reason that they yeah. keep coming up yeah. that you need so, to address. So you do have to deal with them. You, you do, you do have to address it, but yeah. it's coming, attacking it from a different way. I mean, if you, if you try not to think of something, you, you can't do it. Yeah. If you try and like, force think of something else, you can't do it. Yeah. The thought's there for a reason. Definitely. Right? So you sit in a place of safety, focusing on something that mm. is there, and just sort of let it, just look at it. Okay, mm. if you feel safe, try and do that self-investigation. Yeah, because um, a bit, a bit from my own experience, I a year ago or so, I was really going down the the hole of nihilism. Right, that's a big trap, eh? That is a mm-hmm. huge trap. Oh my god! Yeah, like it is just it's it's so dangerous. I reckon it's one of the most dangerous. What things would you describe the trap as? Uh is this the thinking of that? The yeah, pointlessness you, of you it. You know what nihilism is? Isn't that that there is nothing? There is, is yeah, yeah, existence yeah. is useless. Nothing you do, nothing that anybody does matters at all. There is no meaning, yeah. there is nothing, there is no... doesn't matter. If I get up and go to work tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Right. doesn't matter if I have a shower, it doesn't matter. What's the I reason that it doesn't matter? Yeah, let's think. No, no, like... like, like what, what would the reason for me? Yeah. Because it no, didn't matter in the end. I would die... My experiences would die with me, everything kind of like that. He death so, of the universe. Yeah, yeah death of okay. the universe. Eventually, at some point, oh, the universe would die, the earth would die, things like that. I'll go straight down to that thing. So and how do you get past it? The only way that I, that, that I actually got past it myself was to 
force myself to not be in the highlands anymore. I, I literally had to make my make meaning. Well, think uh, to change my thoughts to have meaning. You know what? My thoughts do have meaning. The, the me going to work every morning has meaning. Like I actually started to give myself meaning. So I kind of tricked my brain into believing there was more out there. Kind of thing. That that's how I dealt with a problem that I had at one time. And nihilism is a very dangerous hole to fall down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote a chapter in the book called Overcoming Phil- Philosophical Traps. And one of them is the trap of nihilism. Oh really? Yeah. Um, because like I've I've been down there too. Yeah. And it's I realized a couple of things. When I was not depressed, when I was happy, mm-hmm. I was still a nihilist. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. As in like None of this might, none of this, yeah, no, no, as in, as in, as in, <laughs> my brain hurts, as in you're a positive nihilist, i.e., none of this matters, so why not fucking do all the things I enjoy, why not live a good life, yeah, yeah I it doesn't understand matter. that, but the problem is, is when you're depressed, nothing matters, so I was like, oh, fuck, nothing matters, you yeah, yeah. kill yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. so there's, there's that, there's, there was that counter, as in my mental health beats nihilism, because yeah. it, it, whether or not it exists or not, if I'm in a better place, it beats it, mm-hmm. yeah, and the other counter was, there might not be a, like, the, the everything might end up ending. You know, if you're an atheist particularly, yeah. there's there's blackness, there's nothingness before you're born, there's nothingness after. Yeah. But right now we're in the point of life. Yeah. This is the t- point of difference. Mm-hmm. So that alone gives, has some inherent... Yeah, definitely. The fact it's different to nothingness before and after mm-hmm. means something mm-hmm. in, in a way. And then, like, that, those sort of things together, looking out for mental health, Focusing on the, the point of difference that yeah. helped me to get past the nihilist yeah. trap and start adding meaning to my own life. Yeah, because that's what it really is trying to add meaning to your life, mm-hmm. own life. Because when I was in the nihilist trap, I came to the conclusion that truth, um, your life, other people's lives don't mean to anything really to other people. It's it's sad to say, kind of thing. It it does, but it doesn't at the same time. Your own happiness and all that kind of stuff. It's your own responsibility. I agree. And I started, I started taking all that responsibility onto myself. Mm. And then I realized that the only way to make my own happiness, my own meaning and all that was to take responsibility for my own meaning and yes. happiness, really. And that took me right out of that hole. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I've got to make myself happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I do have to do something. That that's how I got out of nihilism. Mm. I like I like that. So yeah. self-efficacy. Yeah. The other way is um have a kid. Then, no, like legit. You you, you love it by biology. Because yeah. <laughs> you you're sort of like forced to biologically, and then you've got this invested interest. It's like I care about the school system more. I care about the roads. I care about if we go to war. I care about a lot more yeah. stuff. It pulls you right out yeah. of nihilism. Jeez. Even if, like it's, it's it's like yeah, well everything might matter, but but I still care about my son. So it's like, you can't live, you know, yeah. there's this inherent contradiction. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but now things do have meaning. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a weird question. Sure. Okay. This is just from, I believe I'm on a different side of you two. Yeah. And I still experience a mental illness back when I was young. Um, but these days I, I feel like I'm over, over joyful, over happy, is, is there an opposite to depression? This, I told you it's a dumb question, but is it possible to, for someone to be mentally ill, but too happy? I suppose there's like mania, like manic, as in you're like, you're, you're too high and you're like, like um, you spend a lot of money, you're reckless, you'll, you'll do that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, like if you think like bipolar, they're up and then they're down. 
So maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you, you don't see them. No, you don't. No, I don't, because I don't experience that many downs. It could be <coughs> you're just at a normal level of functioning. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you compare to a prior <laughs> level of depression, it feels too high. Yeah. Like, what happens when you have a down, when something doesn't go your way? What what generally happens? I accept it oh, these okay. days. Like, I, d- I don't let things get to me anymore, because yeah. if things don't go my way, then it wasn't meant to be. And then there'll always be another time where something don't okay, yeah. You might just be in a better place. Yeah, you might <laughs> just, be a, you might just okay. be a functioning human being. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, look, like, you look at functionality. Are you able to work? Are you able to dress yourself? Are you able to keep yourself alive by feeding yourself, right? There's a, I don't know the technical definitions, but like yeah. someone that's mentally ill or, you know, impacted by drugs or whatever, are, they lose functionality. They don't, they, don't, <coughs> they, don't they, they can't as easily keep themselves clean or turn up for work or, or X, Y, Z. Yeah, if you're doing all of those things and you're just happy, <coughs> I mean, you're probably fine. Okay. <laughs> no, that didn't mean to be as selfish as I thought. <laughs> I'm feeling amazing. Now I feel guilty. I'm probably fine. I'm feeling amazing. Let me know. Um, <laughs> let me know how how wrong it is <laughs> for being happy. Uh, what are some ways? This is from Steve. Uh, what are some ways to gain confidence while talking to others? Um, better self-esteem, I guess. Sure. Um, talk to others. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get good at anything, do the thing. I mean, like, yeah. you're doing the podcast now, you're going to exponentially improve over time. Yeah. If you want to get good at picking up women, you've got to actually turn and face and talk to her. Yeah. Anyone, right? I do martial arts. If you want to get better, you have to go on the mat and fight people. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, it's... That makes sense. It's, there, there is... And it's, it's... You've always got to push that boundary. So if you're not confident with, like... So for me personally, I've long struggled focusing on people's eyes, like just eye contact yeah. with very attractive women yeah. or aggressive men, oh, yeah. right? Like that sort of, it's like a dominance thing. Yeah. So I'll be looking at them and I'll like, oh, I'll pull away. Yeah. That's my default reaction based on a, you know, a lot of past issues, I've gone through blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So now every time I make contact with someone in public, I make it a little sort of a win for me to get them to break contact first. <laughs> Sounds creepy. It's like, <laughs> I'm not doing it like that. But you know when you're, like just, you're, you're walking along, you, you catch eyes? Yeah. yeah. Who turns first? Yeah. The least confident person looks away first. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. That's, just, that's just a general thing. And this, this will only last for like maybe one second. You know, and sometimes, you know, but as you're going by, and obviously keep yourself safe, don't fucking cause a fight with someone. <laughs> like that. Obviously. But in general, like, so now I, you know, today I went to the shop and I bought it myself a top and I realized the, the attractive salesperson was looking at me and I was like, oh, look at this. And I'm like, what am I doing? I looked her straight in the eye and just held that eye contact while she was serving me. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, now I've got a little bit of an extra boost because I did that thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I looked yeah. at her in the eye and it sounds like it's such <coughs> yeah. a small thing, but... No, I get that. I'll be doing that as well. You know? Yeah. <laughs> If you struggle to like, you know, make new friends, or just make it your thing to just say hi to someone, yeah. like just do do the thing that hurts. There's no there's no other way to get good other than sucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like did you hear about? I think it was on the news probably about three or four months ago that more people about a generation just below us are getting more anxious about answering their phones. Oh yeah, like do you, find, do you find that ridiculous? Like, or do you no, think that's just I, where we are as a society? I personally struggle with phone anxiety, and yeah. there's a reason for it: is that you've got less ability to see the, um, you've got less verbal communication tools. You've only got tone and words, as opposed to body language yeah. and distancing and pacing and all that sort of stuff. 
and also it can come at a time that you're not expecting it. So from from an anxiety perspective, right? You call me. I've got this thing. It's like you want me to pick up. You want me to pick up. You're like, and now I'm thinking this, and then the anxiety. What does he want? It, it, there's all of these other little extra things that seem to happen. I because I personally deal with that. I don't think it's that ridiculous. Primarily, also because we're used to texting and talking via text online. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember when we were younger, like. You know, prior to our age, say our parents' age, they would just turn up at someone's house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. odd is that as an idea? Just like, just, hey, I'm here. It's like, what are you doing here? But yeah. the parent, like, people of that generation might look at, have looked at our generation and be like, oh, they have to call first. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it might be a bit of that as well. So, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I had a follow-up, but I forgot it. Oh, on that subject, sorry. Um... Anxiety, how important do you feel it is that workplaces in general start working on, I don't like the idea of an open-ended question, um, sometimes say at work when someone will say, oh, we need to talk about something, that's when I'll start to cycle in my brain. And then it's usually positive, yeah. but just for that small amount of time, you're yeah, working. Yeah. yeah. Hey, come, come and chat. I've had that same experience. What, what, what's your question though? Uh, it's, to that? How do you kind of stop feeling that <laughs> uh, I think the the workplace itself might need you know leadership skills i.e. the the person asking the question needs to develop some more emotional awareness or emotional intelligence to know that from their position of power they could be impacting you um, you know same as a teacher happens with you know I'm hyper aware that like kids are notoriously bad at sarcasm in the sense that like I've said some stuff like I've literally convinced kids that my name is Mr. Mr. Phillips. <laughs> right? <laughs> my mum called me that because she knew I was going to be a teacher and I just say it deadpan and they believe me. Right? I've got these beads over there, right? They're sort of anxiety beads. I'm like, these keep lions away. <laughs> Look outside. Do you see any lions? No. <laughs> so it's working, right? That's fair. You play, you know, you yeah. play, play that game, right? But if you do it deadpan and no thing, they don't get sarcasm because it's coming from a place of authority and power. They're like, they don't know. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, obviously, that's a joke, and I explain it to them and sort of teach them what that act, that lesson actually <laughs> teaches them. <laughs> but maybe the workplace could do that. Well, and for you, just realize that the anxiety will take you down this ma- like the worst path possible. What's the chances of that actually <laughs> happening? Like realistically, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it does happen, like. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess whether whether path A happens or path B happens, I'm already on this path. Like, yeah. I shouldn't need to think about it. And that advice actually gives me better advice as a leader because I'm a leader within my team, yeah. and then it can help me focus on. Do you know, what actually, uh, helps me with anxiety like that yeah. when somebody higher up or somebody asks me something like that, and I get a bit anxious. I always just remember, you know, they're also just a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just people really people. helps. How, how good is that as a realisation, yeah. right? <laughs> like, oh, it, they're just the person, yeah. <laughs> whether they're a boss or not. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. The, that, that helps out so much. It just levels everything straight away. Yeah. yeah. The other one with anxiety is that anxiety will tell you, um, you know, let's say five different things that could go wrong, usually more, yeah. right? Only one thing can happen. The chances of your anxiety <coughs> guessing that are very low. 
right? So yeah. you're thinking of five or whatever, five different futures, yeah. each with you know five more on top, so it branches out exponentially, right? So you're now thinking of like what hundreds of different possible futures. So based really, on it's a multiverse theory. <laughs> it's a multiverse theory, right? You're only in one. Yeah. The chances of your anxiety predicting correctly which future will come true is almost none. Right? It's almost not. Now, that doesn't stop those thoughts happening. Yeah. I've told these people, like, but I'm still having anxiety. Yeah, of course you still have those thoughts, right? <laughs> of yeah. course you're still, you're still thinking of all these problems. But a part of you now knows that what is the chances of me guessing correctly? Yeah. That makes almost sense. none. How many times has your anxiety actually been correct? Like, like never. You, you might count it on a hand. Yeah. Yeah, like actually. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel it came from trust issues because in my previous job, uh, it felt like my job was hanging over my head the entire time. Mm. And that's, that's kind of just created this, this whole... Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really hard habit to break. I, I'm slowly getting better. That's what we talked about before, the bad habits yeah. that you built. Like you, my, you've my got default, a habit in thinking of yeah. my workplace, all workplaces are like this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like my default response is, what did I do wrong? <laughs> but same things with like, you know, partners. You might have had an ex that treated you terribly or, you know, just toxic relationship for whatever reason. Then you knew your current partner who's lovely says something in a similar tone, you're like, oh, poor, we're done. You know, like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking up. Because <laughs> I guess it's just the sense memory thing. It just brings you back. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our special episode. It's, uh, it's been lovely to have you here. Yes. Uh, it's been good. And uh, we're happy to have you later and again. 100%. Anytime, come back. All right, I'll be living in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that I still wanted to ask you that we... Well, we can, we can do a number two at some yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah. a few months or so. Yeah. Um, so if you could give listeners five pieces of just quick bullet point advice, what would it be? Don't know about five, but the things that comes to mind is it's on you. As in, you know, whatever happens, it's ultimately down to you. If you want to get better, you've got to take those steps. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, mm. but no one's going to do it. Like you said before, no one's going to do it other than you. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, I could say like, you know, exercise, meditate, eat well, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But you have to be the one that does mm. that. Yeah. You have to take that self-responsibility and all that sort of stuff. And yes, you've got a mental health problem. Yes, you didn't choose your childhood. Yes, all of that sort of stuff. But you are you now and you have a choice between one path or the other path. Mm. Choose the path that will lead to a better future. So that's yeah. probably like five things yeah, in one. <laughs> So how can listeners rate you if they need to or how can they find you? Sure. Um, I'm on... All social media at Zach P. Phillips, so Z-A-C-P-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, yeah. or on my website at Zachary-Phillips.com. Awesome, book. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it definitely uh, has. Well, um, this is actually going to be a two-parter. just going to tell the audience that. So we've done like a special questions thing with Zach, and then we're going to go on to a regular episode <laughs> of <laughs> shit talking and whatnot. Love <laughs> shit talking, let's do it. So we did All this right. one mainly because it was wellness month. Yep, definitely. January, so we hope you guys had fun. Yeah. Well, this or one thought about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll get the next episode a couple of days after this one's released. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye.